Sometimes I just don't know what I'm doing in the gym. Do you ever think that? I don't know where I'm going next. Well, we're gonna help you to come up with a plan so that you're not going to the gym in vain when you do make it. We're gonna talk about maximizing our time in the gym so that it's not in vain. This is Justin Westmoreland and you're listening to the Fully Alive Podcast where we integrate physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual relational health so that we can become a fully alive community together. Welcome back to Fully Alive. You see what I got here? I got weights in front of me. This is awesome. We're going to be looking at how to grow in our, and meet our goals in the gym today with weights and no one wants to waste their time just huffing and puffing going nowhere doing nothing you know and i feel like when i'm at the gym i notice people are on their cell phones a lot and just kind of checked out don't know what to do kind of wandering from this machine to that machine they call those machine zombies they don't know what they're doing and so look i don't want you to be a zombie we don't want to be just distracted and looking at our phones in the gym we want to get in there get it done and get out and, and make some progress towards where we want to be and want to feel better. So, so when you go to the gym, think of it like this, you're not just exercising, but you're training. So that, that, that's going to mean you need some goals. You need some kind of plan about where you want to go. You need to measure you know, your waist, your weight, your arms, your, whatever it is. You, you need some kind of measurable goal. Maybe it's a strength goal. You want to get uh, your bench press higher. You want to continue to get stronger. Or maybe it's just you want your physique to look a certain way. But if you're in the gym and you're trying to get in shape, you're in the right place because I can help you. I've been there. And what I think what really sets me apart as a pastor and a personal trainer when I'm at my best is I remember what it was like for me having no idea what I was doing. And so even when I'm doing a Bible study nowadays, I try to look through the passage and find those terms that I think no one's going to be familiar with and just really define those and walk you through so, if you, so that the more familiar you are with those things, it's gonna help you. So, so we wanna look at our body today and what is the best strategy for getting the most out of our time. So you can think about a variety of plans you might take and we got the weights here to show you some things. Well, one thing I wanna introduce you to is a superset. Now there's a variety of supersets, but a superset in its essence is combining two exercises together. And so you're gonna go from a set of one exercise directly into a set of a different exercise, and that's gonna be one set. So you take those two things together, or three or four, and make it a superset. You can add even more exercises, and you're going through a cycle or a circuit, if that makes sense. So you, and that's, all those things add together, it makes one. And so you'd say, say you have a superset, you go through that, you go to the next superset, and then the next. So I like to do those in my workouts and in the, in the workouts I program for, for folks because you can do a lot more. Why is that? Well, I like to use antagonistic supersets. You know, so when I say antagonistic, I don't mean complementary. I mean opposite. So when I'm thinking about a good example of that, it would be you're going to do one upper body exercise, one lower body exercise, and that would be a superset. You might do a pushing exercise and you might do a pulling exercise. You're going you're to use different muscles there. You might do uh, a, a, a flexing move and then an extension move. So you got your biceps and your triceps. So you can combine these different uh, complementary muscle groups 
together to get the most out of your time in the gym. So you can go with an antagonistic set, and that's our, that's our theme today, which is don't waste your time in the gym. Don't make your gym time in vain. So let's get right into it. I'll show you a few things, and we'll talk about the third commandment in the Bible, which you need to know about as well. So we're thinking about purpose. What is our purpose in the gym? If we don't have a plan or some kind of goal we're shooting for or a purpose, we're not going to get there. And then once you get a gym goal, it might be helpful to align the rest of your non-gym time around that goal, right? If you're in the gym three to five times a week, like I typically am, then I probably should you know, work in some nutrition to go along with that, to, to come up with a, a, a meal plan that makes sense for my goals. So if I'm gonna be training in the morning and I need energy for that, I need some carbs before I go to the gym. You just need to, to, to figure out what your goal is. If you're trying to, to do cardio in the morning, then you're going to need some exercise or some extra energy for that to boost. And if you need, need a little jolt, you might want to get your coffee before. I typically will get coffee before I go to the gym. And then I will eat protein afterwards because I'm thinking about building muscle. And protein's good for building muscles and recovery. So thinking about those issues, if you have questions about how to formulate eating that makes sense around your your yeah, workout that's beyond the scope of this particular podcast but you need to think about that as well and you want a, a, a relational community that's going to inspire you to keep those goals you want to be with people who are going to be uh, m moving you forward rather than holding you back so, so getting into a gym getting into a partner situation with somebody who can help you and you can learn from is great because again I got in shape but then I kind of had this point where I didn't know what to do and I had to find out from from education and learning other things what I need to be doing in order to get my goals. And currently, my goal is to be pretty balanced. I want to, I want to get my front and my back balanced. I want to get you know, left and right balanced. So I want you know, good strength all over. I'm not trying to be a, a bodybuilder or anything. I'm just trying to get stronger and leaner and healthier. So that's where I am. And so I'm going to show you what I'm doing right now and something that I think anybody can incorporate to, to get a good, real full body workout with these weights right here. You only need some dumbbells, and these are called power blocks. You can get them online. I've taken them out of the, out of the apparatus. They're just these, these metal plates that connect, and you can go from you know, 10 pounds all the way up to 90 pounds on these guys. So I've got 30 pounders right here, and we're going to go ahead and jump into the demonstration. So let's do this. All right, right here. Now we got one dumbbell. This is called a goblet squat. I like to do squats with the, with the weight out front because that helps me incorporate my abs, my core. I get my core a little more when I've got the weight out here versus being back here. When it's back here, I don't incorporate the core as much. I put it here, out in front, and I hold it close to my chest. See where I've got it? Right here. That's good. So if I hold it out here, and if, even if I'm holding it out a little bit away from my body, I'm actually having to improve my arms too, and I feel the core. So what I want to do is I'm thinking uh, we're going to lead from the... Uh, uh, goblet squat right into overhead press. So we're going to do a superset number one, which is goblet squat to overhead press. Let me show you how it's done. So we're going to squat. We're going to bring our hips back and down like this, down to the ground, and come back up. So we're going to do just 10 of those and get a weight that's going to feel good. So you look at my knees going forward here. I want to keep my knees right about over my toes there. That's kind of the way it works. So Thinking through that, you, if you need questions, if you got questions on squats, uh, just let, hit me up on the email or on the comments. If 
you, if you're seeing things on your squats that you're not comfortable with, let me know. So we're gonna go right into dumbbell overhead presses. So I'm grabbing two dumbbells this time. I'm gonna bring them up here, kind of just a little bit out in front of my body and just press them up. Okay, like that, pressing them up. And I'm thinking about my shoulders and bringing them together into the middle. Yeah, I think of it on a triangle. See what I'm doing? That makes sense. So you just get your, your shoulders uh, and, and you're working what they call the delts up here. So you're getting your delts and we've got with our squats, our glutes uh, involved and our quads. So you're already starting to see, hey, full body is at play here. And that's awesome. I didn't have to rest and take a big break between my squats and move right into another great exercise because I wasn't exhausted in my shoulders. You know, so if you're, if you're gonna pair exercises together, say you're gonna do these guys and then these guys and any other shoulder exercise you're gonna do, you're gonna wear your shoulders out and you're gonna, your form's gonna be terrible. You're not gonna be able to push as much weight and thus get more strength out of your exercises because you're gonna be tired. So if we're doing squats and then uh, overhead press, we're gonna see some major advantages there because we're gonna be able to push more weight and get in there and get out quicker. Supersets, great stuff. All right, so that's the first one. Superset number two is we're gonna do lunges together with bent over rows. So we're gonna be hitting our, our hamstrings, our glutes, all of our lower body basically with the lunges, and then we're gonna get our back involved with the rows. So watch this. When I teach rows, I typically will come, I'll try to think about making two 90 degree angles with my legs. So I'm gonna step out right here and down and then press up through my heel, like that, and just walk it down, okay? If you're having, if those are janky on your knees, I'll show you again. If, if, if your knees are hurting, you might try something like this, like a reverse lunge. It's a little bit easier on your knees. You can just go one after the other, reverse lunge, and you're gonna keep on driving through your heels. That makes sense? It works pretty good. So, so you're gonna do 10 of those or 12 of those each leg. So each, we want right and left is one rep, and then we're gonna move right into bent over rows. So we're gonna bend over and pull. Pulling. And when I'm doing rows, Typically, I want to try to bring my elbows in as close as possible and around so I can really feel uh, a big stretch, a big cramp in my lats. So if you're doing rows and you're not feeling it right in here, you need to probably bring your elbows in more and really drag them back towards the center of your back. Try to get them to touch. See that? You want to bring them together and the elbows together as much as possible. And that's how you do rows correctly. I see people doing rows all the time and they're bending over and they're just kind of pulling their arm up. They're keeping that alignment right. really does give you better results. And I'm thinking about one more thing on, on the lunges. When I teach lunges, I also like to teach it like, I'm coming at you this time. I'm coming your way. So I don't want them like this because uh, a lot of beginners might fall over and not have great stability, so don't do this. Line up like a, I call it the motorcycle position, where you got one foot in front of the other, 
And also, don't be driving your knee out ahead of your toes like this. Now you want to keep that 90 degree angle like this, and then drive right up through your heels. You see what I'm saying? Now, don't go with a motorcycle position like this. Make it, think about it a, as a four-wheeler. So you're gonna go a little wider base. See that little wider base? It gives you more stability so you don't fall down. Okay, just, just a little more separation between your feet. Not like the motorcycle, but like the four-wheeler. All right, okay. Got it? So we've already hit our lower body pretty good. We've got glutes firing, we got our hamstrings, quads, all this great stuff happening. Accessory muscles involved as well. You can even take your lunges and you can bring them out and do some lateral lunges as well if you want to get your adductors. Hey, but that's, that's beyond the scope of what we're doing here. We're getting basic ones. And we've got our rows for our back. We've already hit our shoulders with an overhead press. Now we're going to work on a little more lower body and some arms. So we're going to hit deadlifts and kickbacks. So deadlifts. So what I'm doing a deadlift, it's one of the most functional exercises you could ever do. Because you're just bending down, picking something up. And as you've seen everything else we've talked about already, you're keeping your back straight. You're using your hips. Look. So I got weights down here. I got to get them off the floor. People coming over. This is a mess in my house. I got to pick these things up. How am I going to do it? Well, you don't just hands right here and pick them up and make your back all crooked. Okay? They always tell you to lift with your legs, right? Well, that's true. You don't want to lift with your back. You want to lift with your legs. But I found that you got to lift with your glutes. Okay? You have to lift with your butt. Watch what I'm talking about. So I'm going to bend over the weights like this. I'll keep my back straight and push through. I'm going to push my hips forward. So I'm really using my hips a lot. So I'm coming down and pushing through. See that? Down and pushing through. I can have a little wider base when I do this. Pushing back and forward. So it's really not an up-down move, but a reverse and forward move. So you want to get, you want to hinge with your hips. You're hinging here rather than up here at your waist. Does that make sense? You're hinging at your hips, letting your hips do this. The hips have the mobility, not your back. Okay, you want to get the hips involved versus using your back and your waist up here. So you're bringing that movement down to where it needs to be for optimal strength and less injuries. These are great exercises for developing your biggest muscle in your body, which is your glutes. It's the most helpful muscle for posture, for overall strength and speed, anything you want to talk about, you got to do deadlifts, you got to do those kind of things. So, so I, you got you know stiff leg version of that, where you have more more legs straight versus sit, kind of going from a squatty type move right there. So you got squatty versions, and you got more stiff leg versions where you got more hips involved. So both are good. Okay, so next up we're doing kickbacks. So again, I'm not tired because I've just been working lower body. So now I'm going to bring my arms into this, into this equation and get a little arm exercise. So I'm going to be here, I'm kicking the weight back. I'm just kind of pushing it back so I can get my triceps. And this is a lot of weight. You know, you don't need a lot of weight on this. It's like you're skiing, so you're just 
pushing the weight back and feeling a real big cramp in your triceps. When you get the weight, let me show you. Go a little lighter on this one actually. So when you get your weight right here, all extended, I try to go a little bit further because that helps me to get an even better stretch. Like that. So again, I'm keeping my core tight. I'm using my triceps. Trying to keep my, my body pretty, pretty still. So I'm just hinging at the elbow to bring the triceps to work right there. So we've got arms here. We've got our glutes. Uh, when we did our deadlifts, three rounds of each of these. And we're getting upper body, lower body. And we're doing it extremely quickly so we don't waste our time in the gym. Supersets will save your day. So you can do even more fun stuff because you're feeling great and you haven't wasted all day in the gym. All right, enjoy that. I got some more tips for you, we'll get to them. All right, well I'm sweating. I actually just worked, I did that workout and it's, it was a great quick workout. And you know what, I feel great. Why do I feel great? Because instead of just doing one body part, I did a lot. I did some back. I, did, I didn't get any chest in on that, on that one, but when I go to the gym now, my, my superset involves a lot of chest and back on the same day. So when I'm doing those, I feel like the Hulk because I've got all this pump going on and that actually makes me feel really good. So, so don't actually just, don't nullify the effects of feeling great. If your workout's giving you joy, that's a good thing. And then I think the supersets will help you to feel a little better in the gym, to start to see more results and to feel awesome. Now supersets, if you're doing complementary muscles, you're not gonna really be, necessarily be able to really build, build up like you could if you're just doing one body part a day, but it's gonna keep you in good shape. And if you're a newbie or a rookie like I was, this is a great path to getting in shape. A great, great way to get healthy is to do the full body in one day. All right, so thinking through this, if you're looking at uh, what kind of supersets you can do, I'm gonna include, like I said in the, in the intro, uh, of an upper body one with, with an example of chest and back, like I was talking about. And I'm also gonna include an, uh, a uh, arm one, where you got, you, know, you got biceps and triceps. And those are super, I like to do those at the end of the workout, and with no rest, just go from one to the next, and it's really gonna get a lot of, a lot of bang for your buck there so you don't waste time and you don't go to the gym in vain. You didn't see me on my phone one time during that workout, right? Because I was engaged, I had a plan, and I stuck with it, right? So do something that makes sense and that you enjoy. If you have questions, let us know and we can guide you. Happy to do that, it's a joy for me because it's gonna lead to better results long term if you know what you're trying to accomplish and you have a good path towards it. And sometimes, hey, going to the gym isn't as fun. Training's not as fun. Studying's not as fun. But if you have the purpose of, hey, we're actually going somewhere with this, it's, it makes sense and you start to see results, that's awesome too. One more little side topic here before we get on to the next segment is take pictures, take measurements. You want to be able to see your results. And you're going to see, hey, clothes sizes may be changing, things like that. But when you've got the results right there in the data, it's awesome. It's great to see. It's encouraging. Uh, log in your fitness pals who've been saying, read the labels, as we said in, 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 in podcast two of the Ten Commandments, read the labels and keep 
keep going every day, putting it in there. And you know, six packs are made, as they say, in the kitchen. You can do this if you, if you integrate the gym and the rest of life together and start getting sleep. We're actually, we're gonna talk about that next time, resting and, and working out, how that all works. Okay, so, so we've got it. We've got a good, good idea on Superset. If you've got a question, ask me, comment, email us at fullylivepodcast at gmail.com and we'd be happy to help you out on that. So don't waste your time. That's the third commandment of being fully alive. And he, we, we desire nothing more than creating a community of people who are engaged in spiritual, mental, physical, and relational health together, working on it together. So hope that you enjoyed that. Let's hit it. Next segment. Okay. So we're going to talk about the third commandment. Now we're, we're pairing the Ten Commandments of Fully Alive, which is our principles of healthy living, along with the Ten Commandments that God gave Moses in Exodus 20 and then recapitulated in Deuteronomy 5, and that Jesus is talking about is, the, is fulfilled in loving God with all your heart and soul, mind, strength, and then loving your neighbors yourself. Hey, the Bible loves the Ten Commandments. We ought to know them too. I was just chatting with, uh, with uh, a good friend of mine who is 89 years old, uh, was at our church service uh, a couple weeks ago, and we were preaching on the Sabbath, because that was the thing that came up in the, in the, in the Bible. We were preaching on the Sabbath, and, and this person said, well, that was, that was cool. I had never heard a sermon on the Sabbath in my life. And I'm like, this, this person was born in the church, I mean, raised in the church, 89 years in the church, never heard a sermon on the Sabbath. So the question is, do we know the Ten Commandments? And if we knew them, how much better could we be at purposefully glorifying God and loving Him and enjoying life in His presence and for His face? That's a good question for us. So could you name the commandments? Uh, we've already talked about the Ten Commandments being fully alive. Hey, don't be gullible. Read the label. Now, don't waste your time. And then the first two commandments that we've talked about in the Bible are have no other gods before me and also, don't worship me by making images of me. Uh, don't use images to worship me. That was the second one. And now the third one is don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And then he adds uh, a, a little explanation on there. He says, hey, for the Lord will not take him guiltless or hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a reason annexed to the end of the command, which is God takes us very seriously. So, so if he takes it seriously, we ought to take it seriously as well. So, so the idea here is that God's requiring us to not be careless with his name, not to take it in vain. Now, vain means uh, carelessly using something, uh, wasting it. And so you don't want to use his name carelessly, uh, but you also want to fully embody the weight of his name. Now, rulers in the ancient Near East as we talked about last week, uh, would set up images of, of themselves to show off their power. And, and as well, that their names were, were, were a big deal. So if you wanted to, to desecrate a name of the, of the ruler, that was an extreme um, statement. You know, today, uh, in our culture, we talk about uh, our leaders and, and run their names through the mud, and that's not so much big of a deal uh, for us uh, in our culture today. But the culture of the ancient Near East where this was given, uh, to talk about the name of a god was a big deal. In fact, uh, Egyptians, Assyrians, basically any other community you want to talk about had these kind of rules in their world too. 
so the names of the deities were special, they were holy, they were set apart not to be trashed. Uh, so speaking ill of God, very serious. To blaspheme or, or make his name disgusting is very serious. So thinking about uh, a couple of uh, interesting examples, the Egyptian god Osiris, in writings about him, it said that his name is holy and splendid. Thinking about the Assyrians, when, when, when there were blasphemers in their culture, they would cut off their tongues and skin them alive. They took it very seriously. So Egyptians, Assyrians, not just the Bible, but this is a big deal, is that God's name is to be treated with care. And so when thinking about uh, how, how, does that, how does that work, well, one example of this being an issue in Scripture is, is where there was a, a, a boy who was a son of an Israelite woman. This is from Leviticus 24. Let me read this to you real quick. It says, there's an Israelite woman's son whose father was an Egyptian, went out among the people of Israel, and the Israelite woman's son and a man of Israel fought in the camp. And the Israelite woman's son blasphemed the name of God and cursed. Okay, so here's the thing. They're fighting, and he blasphemes the name of the Lord. Then they, the community, brought him to Moses. His mother's name was Shilometh, the daughter of Debris, of the tribe of Dan. So there's some details about her identity. And they put the, the boy in custody till the will of the Lord should be clear to them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Bring out of the camp the one who cursed God, and let all who heard him lay their hands on his head and let the congregation stone him and speak to the people of Israel saying whoever curses his God shall bear his sin whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall be put to death surely all the congregation shall stone him and the sojourner as well as the native when he blasphemes the name shall be put to death so no matter who you were if you blaspheme the name of the Lord you should be put to death now this is the son of an Israelite put to death by stoning in this text in the Bible. This is Leviticus 24, right there, following the Ten Commandments. So as you're thinking through that one, you're like, what is the big deal? Why would they do this? Why stoning? Well, it's, it was a common way uh, in, in the Bible of putting uh, people to death who had committed serious crimes against the community. And the community would, would share the burden of this person's death. So no one person bore the responsibility for the death of the offender, but, but this person had committed a serious crime against the community, so the community would, would take the responsibility of putting them to death. Now, there's more barbaric options for this crime outside of the Bible uh, people. Uh, some of them would be drowning, impaling, burning. Uh, and, and in fact, stoning is very rare uh, as an occurrence outside of the Bible. So, the community of God uh, is, is to put this person to death because they've stoned or they've blasphemed the name. Why do you think that is? Well, these people are in the image of God and bear his name. And so his name and the people are to be holy and be set apart. So, so you think about that. They have to be cursed. This is a huge thing. All right, so, all right, so think about this. You've got to be cursed. You've got to have the curse come down on your head if you break this command. So listen to this. Uh, in Galatians, it says this, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law. And do them. Okay, so you can't be in good standing with God if you don't do these things. And look, all of us have taken God's name lightly. We've all broken this command. 
especially Christians, because we bear the name of Christ on us. That's, that's our new name. Uh, we're called Christians. And so when we don't exalt him or laud him for all of his mighty works and goodness, we've broken this command. When we, when we, when we work as if we're, when we act as if we're not Christians or not in him, then we are breaking this command. So listen to what it says here. Curses everyone who doesn't abide by these things. Okay, now listen to what Galatians 3.13 says. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who hanged on a tree. Okay, guys, this matters so much that Jesus had to be cursed because we broke this command. Because we don't give God's name the honor, the name that's above all names. He has to take on what we deserve for breaking it. So, 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 so listen to this. It says, So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Everything that we are hinges upon if we have received Christ as our substitute and our Lord. So that if Christ is our Lord, he has become our substitute who has borne a curse for us on a tree and you know, on a cross and, and, and taken on the blasphemies that we've done against his name. So, so we've tried to cut corners. We've tried to do all these things. We have misused his Bible, and, and it's more than just foul language. Uh, there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of things we could be doing to break the name of God. We haven't referenced it, or referenced it at all. You know, we, you know, we think about just babbling along. You know, saying, uh, "Dear God, we come to you, God. Oh, oh, God, Lord, you're awesome. God, we need you, Lord. Just be with us, Lord God." And just rambling on, like ramb- just adding on, just na- like. When we pray, like, no, go to God with reverence, respect His name. That's one way to think about it, too. we got to reverence His name, set it apart. Um, it, you might be refusing to call God, God the Father, because you have sensibilities where gender is, you know, a big deal or patriarchy is oppressive. Well, well no, you can't bring those into this, this discussion of how to treat God's name because God names Himself. He takes on the role as Father as His own name. He, he names himself. So Christians bear the name of Christ. And so when we live unholy or detestable ways, we besmirch the name that's on us. So this is, this is, a, this is a huge deal for us. We've got to develop a, a reverence for God in all of our lives. And I can't make you want to do that. But I think if you know Jesus like I do, you'll want to do that. Think about somebody who would be cursed for you, who would be crucified for you, uh, simply because he loves you, because he desires to be with you, because he loves to, to bring you back into fellowship with him, and so that you can be fully alive. You know, we've talked about in our very first podcast that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's what we run into all of our lives. People are trying to take from us. But God is giving to us. He is giving his only begotten son so that whoever lives in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So there's good news there for doers of the law not just hearers of the law or the word. So are you a doer of the, of the word? Are, are you taking his name in vain? Or are you taking his name upon you and living out his image? you got to ask yourself that. Go to James 1, 22 through 25, and look up that passage about how, to, or how, you, how you can be a total hypocrite by looking at the word and not doing it. How do you know when you're taking his name in vain? Uh, John, First uh, John 2.19 says this, that, that those who 
were with us went out from us and we realize at the end, hey, they're not really with us. How do you know that someone in your community has taken the name of the Lord's God in vain? Well, John was careful not to call anybody a name uh, taker in vainer uh, because, uh, well, until they actually left, until they, until they have totally abandoned fellowship with the church and the means of grace entirely. So if you're out there and you say you've, you've got the name of Christ on you and you're a Christian, but you have zero connection to the fellowship of Christ and the body of Christ, then it's quite possible you've taken the name of the Lord in vain. That's a, that's a reality that you need to wrestle with, and we all need to wrestle with, is, is how connected are we to his name, and, and, and are we what we say we are? Let me give you three real helpful categories of how we might do this. So, number one, we might just be a formalist. We might just be, hey, we go through the motions. We go to worship, we, because that's what we're supposed to do. We do these things because that's what we're supposed to do. This is a religion, and so we're formal. And but that's taking the name of the Lord God in vain because you've never really internalized that I am a sinner that Jesus had to be cursed for, to bear the curse for me. That's formally taking the name of the Lord in vain. Without that kind of understanding, it's just something you do. You don't know why you do it. If you just do, do religious activity without knowing why, you're foremost, and that's taking the name of the Lord in vain. Well, you might just be a traditionalist because, hey, this is, this is, our, this is our culture, and in our culture, this is the way we've always done it. And so maybe, maybe you're thinking about, hey, maybe a gym illustration would help us here too, is that, hey, these are the things that, that, you know, this is what I've grown up with, this is what I know, this is what I've seen, but I'm not willing to think about anything else. And so if you, if you just have this, this small view of God based on your tradition, and, and, and you may be missing some things, you may be taking his name in vain. So be willing to ask hard questions, be willing to explore the scriptures and, and seek him out and let others inform you rather than being a traditionalist and taking his name in vain. And finally, we've got to pick on the modernists, okay, that everything, the newer is better. You know, the newer ideas, the new way we do religion is better. You could be taking his name in vain, too, because you may not have the foundation there, too. So these are just three ways you could be taking the name in vain. So it's like every new idea that comes across the pipe, you're, you're really, you know, embracing that without really understanding the foundation of all, all that we are, no matter if we're traditional worshipers or contemporary worshipers or whatever we are is that we are sinners in need of a great Savior. And the Savior had to be cursed because we take his name in vain. So the, the, the greatest thing we could do is that is to not forget this commandment, by no means. We really need to soak up what it means to reverence God's name all of our days, entirely, in every single part of our lives. And that's in the gym. That's every rep we do. That's every person we know. It's valuing every single person. And, and if we do that, we would be keeping the name of the Lord. But we don't do that. And we need God's forgiveness. And that's why the gospel is amazing. And if, if you've heard that, you've got it. You can be a formal worshiper. You can be a more informal worshiper. But there's a reverence about you that takes God seriously. And, and, it's, and that's, the, that's what the third commandment is about, is taking him seriously and not being a hypocrite. And when that goes back to our previous discussion of you can't just go to the gym and think that's going to help you. You can't just take what's, what people have done in the past and say that's what's going to help me. You can't just take what's new and think that's going to help you. You actually need to have a real strategy of purpose and not waste your time. That's what I, I don't want that for you. I don't want that for me. I want to go to the gym and have a plan, and a plan that makes sense for my goals. So we've already looked at a few things. There's some exercises I didn't show you today. Uh, and if you, if you have questions on those, let me know. 
the exercises will, or the plan will be in the description below. Like, share, push this out there. We've got some big stuff coming up. Uh, maybe a live event coming up pretty soon. So I am pumped about that. We'll be, we'll be uh, pushing that out to you. So subscribe so you can know what all is going on, what we've got going on. All right. As you know, this is the Fully Alive podcast. And you've got to know, and we got to know, that we are made to live, fully alive, built to worship the living one. Y'all have a great week. We'll catch you next week.